insert some sort of folksy guitar music. We don't have it yet. Anyways. Uh... Oh, beating the ducks. I hope that you keep this for our podcast. Oh, Thank yeah. you, podcast listeners, for listening to about 20, 25 seconds of this. It, keep in mind, we're on mute still. We're not on mute, so. Oh, well, carry on. Just start it. <laughs> Just start the podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Weekend Spread. And now presenting your Weekend Spread, folks. Bobby Jameson. It's Boat and Blake, and we are here to break down the ACC conference. Weirdest intro of all time. My apologies to everybody, but I still haven't fixed the uh, intro video with the, you know, little folksy guitar music and it still has a former sponsor on it. So instead of giving them free money, we did whatever the hell that was. Welcome to Wigan Spread. Break down some ACC boys. Uh, let's be honest, not the most exciting conference. Uh, for years and years, it was basically just Clemson dominating it. it they, they still probably dominate the conference, but not as much anymore. And we're going to get, get into some, some win totals, but let's get into some of our uh, storylines here. First things first, D- do y'all see a college football playoff team in this conference between, um, I think the two biggest ones would be Clemson or Florida State. Um, Jameson, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I could see an avenue where it happens because to be honest, like this conference is not very strong beyond those two teams. And if you know, Clemson or Florida State, either or. I think they're very equal in terms of um, talent and potential for this season. Like, whoever wins that game, there's a possibility it's an undefeated team that you can't leave out. Oh, no. Bobby muted himself. Quick, oh, no. Bad, yeah, bad, so bad, bad start. Bad, oh, bad start. Okay, I think there is. I think I'm really high on Florida State this year. Um, they have a tough schedule, like besides like, or their strength of schedule across it, not that hard. Like the ACC is going to be a walkthrough for all games besides maybe Clemson, but they have LSU on the schedule. And I know that's going to be a difficult game. If we saw anything last year, like super exciting, but I just feel like, okay, first I like their schedule in the sense that if they lose to Clemson. I think Clemson is a lock to make it to the ACC championship gone are the ways of the two divisions. We're just an open field. So I think we're probably going to be seeing Clemson, Florida state at least twice this year. So Florida mm-hmm. state has a chance to avenge the loss. If they do lose at Clemson uh, earlier in the year. And then I think they have a really good chance to beat LSU. This team has a really good quarterback in Jordan Travis. They have great running backs. They have a, they had a top five transfer wide receiver, the best top uh, transfer at tight end so they really loaded up on that uh that side of the ball didn't really lose anybody on it either and then when it comes to defense you got jared verse and uh fabian lovett who were just sensational uh on their defensive line last year returning production in the country they are number two on the defensive side of the ball so a team that only had three losses last year that really was on the cusp of something they basically bring everybody back with another year of experience and added a few pieces here and there to really bolster their depth i just i love florida state i love florida state this year i just feel like they make that jump and even if things break their way and they have two losses they could be one of those two lost teams or like the first i believe two lost team to make the college football playoff just because they have the chance to avenge their loss at the end of the year 
<laughs> yeah, I, I just I don't see them losing twice. Um, Florida State basically plays at Clemson, and then the rest of the way, it's pretty much just a, a cakewalk. Um, In terms of ACC play, you're talking about Bobby, right? Because the LSU game at the beginning of the season. Right, right. In terms of ACC play. That's yeah. obviously, yeah, obviously only talking about ACC play. LSU is going to be tricky. Florida, if they, if they if they show any signs of life, that'll be a tough game at the end of the year as well. Um, but if we're talking about, I think in, when you're really talking about the avenge factor, that's, that is something I don't, I think it gets trickier when you think about, do they get in over a one loss USC? Do they get in over a one loss? Uh, I think they probably get in over a one loss Oklahoma, given how bad the non-con is. Um, because you have a difficult road game, like you said, like a difficult road game with Clemson and then. LSU being as tough as it is like those are those are pretty uh excusable um but let's talk about Clemson a little bit so they've obviously taken a dip off um but you know this year no DJU they kind of have things going kind of have things figured out are they like are they are they going to be faded out are are they are they ever going to get back to the peak of the Dabo Sweeney you know um the the peak Clemson that we when they were winning national championships going to the playoff every like every year are they going to get back there or is it kind of Florida State's time what do you what do you think yeah the thing is the thing is what made Clemson so special is the absolute sheer defensive talent that they had coming through like year after year after year that's starting to fade you know even whenever they had Brian Bercy last year like you know he was supposed to be their stud number one guy you know the number one overall recruit in the nation and he was a guy that kind of a little bit underperformed, obviously had some things that like and some reasons why he didn't perform his best, but still like, you know, Miles Murphy, Brian Bercy could have been a lot better and more impactful. Like, even though they're very, very talented first round picks, not the guys that were the top five pick in the draft that they thought Clemson probably thought they could be whenever they were getting him as high school recruits. Now it's just starting to just dwindle a little bit in their defensive talent. But what makes me optimistic about Clemson's series, one, ACC's strength schedule is just not quite there at all. And two, I really like Kate Klovnik. I really do. And I think him getting a shot last year and getting that playing time they did and having, you know, Will Shipley in his backfield, I think that he will. I saw things like with the eyeball test with Klovnik. That made me think this guy can do special things for this club. And he's got a really good, if not one of the best um, running backs in the nation behind him too. Blake, your thoughts? Yeah, Clemson's a tricky one because I would say like just after the last two, three years that kind of their best years are behind them. And one of the main reasons why I think we pointed out a lot of times on the weekend spread is like Dabo Sweeney had the same offensive coordinators, defensive coordinator, and Brett, uh, Brent Venables for like forever. And they had so much consistency, so much talent at the coordinator level that then over these past few years, when uh, Jeff Scott leaves and Tony Elliott kind of takes over, uh, and then last year, obviously, uh, there's just not been consistency on either of the coordinator positions. And Dabo hasn't been the best like judge of coordinators, whether it be internal promotions, but he brings in Garrett Riley and Garrett Riley was the best coordinator hire this year by far. Like Garrett Riley is probably a year, maybe two away from getting a head coaching job. Like he is fantastic. If you, uh, if you just watched anything with TCU last year, like the fact that he took Gary Patterson players that had some pretty disappointing seasons two, three years ago. And a guy like Max Duggan. I love Max Duggan, but like, 
I was not calling for him to start at the beginning of the season. Like he was very flat to me, didn't make great decisions. I wasn't a fan of Max Duggan coming into last season, but he schemes so well. And I think the thing that he does the best is he really includes the run for an air raid guy. He's not passing all the time. He really relies if, if they're going to try to cover the pass and like, that's what they're selling out for. And they're not packing the box. Like Garrett Riley last year, just use uh, Miller just to run down people's throats. And he's not afraid of that. And like, that's something good that Clemson has going this year is they have probably the best running back room in the nation. Uh, they, they're deep there. They have great talent. And so it's like, he does have everything there. I think a good quarterback, uh, in club Nick, a good running back room, a little skeptical of wide receiver. Like they're going to be good for ACC standards, but when we're talking about playoff standards, maybe not there. And the defense is always solid. I think they definitely took a hit from uh, Brent Venables uh, leaving. They were definitely one of those teams that even if their offense wasn't firing, their defense was just so elite that it was like there was no way to beat them. Whereas like now you kind of need the offense to show up. So it's like one of those things. It's like easy schedule. They have good talent. I think a good coordinator hire on the de- uh, offensive side of the ball. I think they should improve. And like their record last year wasn't that bad. It was nine and three, and one of those losses being in a bowl game. So it's just like one of those things. I like my guts telling me their best days are behind them, but they have talent still. They're in an easy conference. They have good coordinators. It's like. I can see it at the end of the day. It's just like my guts, like my guts just not there as it is with Florida state where I'm going all in on them. Yeah. And I mean, looking at their schedule last year and thinking about their performance last year, we, I think this is the case. Whenever you deal with teams that are, have been really good for a while, you kind of poke holes in everything. And it, it makes me think of like that last Lincoln Riley OU team, you know, you, we have bad memories of it. We think they, they stunk. They won 11 games. They went like 11 and two. Um, so that Clemson team is kind of similar last year. Now looking at the, at this year's team, that this year's schedule, they only leave the Carolinas twice, uh, at Syracuse and at Miami. Um, so the other road games at Duke, I think that's easy, uh, at NC state, you know, who, uh, Hold on, Bobby. You said the Carolinas, right? But you're talking about Duke is in North Carolina. Yeah, they only leave the Carolinas twice. Oh, you said other road games. Yeah, I, I was just saying. Well, okay, you're right. My bad. Uh, I, I was saying outside of at Syracuse and at Miami, the the Carolina games they have. Okay, are gotcha, at gotcha. Duke, okay, at, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have Syracuse and Miami. I'm not afraid of that. And then you you play Duke, play NC State, play uh, South Carolina. You get some tough teams on these schedules, but they all come to Death Valley. Uh, Florida State, obviously. I feel like Notre Dame will be tricky, a team that beat them pretty solidly last year in South Bend. Uh, and then you have uh, North Carolina um, with Drake May, and we'll talk about him uh, quite a bit later. But it's um, it's a favorable schedule. And currently looking at the, at the, um, at the uh, win total, Clemson over 10 at even money. What do you guys think? It's, I mean, it's really dependent on if they with the Florida State game because knowing Clemson's team, like they're they might drop one. That's just just how like the season goes. So are you, I, I think it's honestly Overton is a pick that I'm not. It's not my favorite pick, but it's it's probably the one I'm going to pick for my favorite over um, for the ACC conference because I just don't love too many other options. Just because it gives me a nice push option. But I'm pretty sure. So Clemson, you can get. I I see plus 100. I can get back even money at that 10. 
I feel like that's a good insurance plus not having to pay the extra minus 110 juice with that. Having Florida State at home is a big, big deal, even though I think Florida State has more talent across their roster. I think being at home for Clemson will definitely help them in their goal and possibly getting 11th. Like yeah, thoughts? I'm kind of with Jameson. Like I, I'm not as much in love with it um, just because I do think like 10 and two is a very likely outcome for this Clemson team. But I think 10 and two is more likely than nine and three. So like, I'm going to take that. I would take the over 10 just on the hopes that they beat Florida state and then lose maybe a random game or like they go undefeated and all they do is lose to Florida state. Like I think just 10 and two is the most likely outcome. So I'll take the push assurance and just go over just because I feel like 11 and one, probably just a little bit more likely than nine and three. Yeah. And, and another thing, I feel like the other scary games on Clemson's schedule and are they really too scary? Notre Dame is also a home game for Clemson. UNC is also a home game for Clemson. I understand people are going to be a little bit worried about South Carolina in the season, but usually Clemson kind of wraps up things at the end of the season pretty well and kind of gets their business done. Yeah, like last year was a like a streak breaking, wasn't it? Like nine or ten straight for right. Clemson beating South Carolina. Like that's usually mm-hmm. a game they have like in the bag. Mm-hmm. I'm not really as worried yeah. about it. Yeah, I, and, I doubt that that'll happen again. That was kind of an anomaly. Even, yeah, I don't and think that I, South I Carolina team's very good. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts being at Williams Bryce. Like that'll be a different level of intensity. So I could see I could see Beamer getting trying to get a second one on him, but. Um, Man, I, I don't know. I, I think this Clemson team's pretty stacked. I I like the 10. Even money, solid. And um, yeah, getting that 10, 10 mark, I think they just squeak over it uh, or or hit it. So I, I, I like that a lot. Uh, let's go to Florida State uh, before we you know kind of move on. Uh, they're also sitting at over 10 plus 115 on that one. Um, how are we feeling about that? Mm, I don't like that one as much as um, Clemson. Give a shout out. So, Blake, when you're talking about transfer wide receiver, are you talking about Keon Coleman or are you talking yeah, about Yeah, Keon Coleman, uh, baby. <laughs> no, Keon Coleman, Bobby, does that name ring a bell? Think about OU recruiting. That was a guy that we thought we were going to get OU for a little while. Yeah. And the kind of things moved away. And he was kind of like this sleeper. Like he wasn't as highly rated as wide receiver pool. We thought he was going to be something special a couple of years ago. But kind of crazy to see him now on the Florida uh, State side. And, you know, Having Johnny Wilson on the other end, that that's just an absolutely potent um, offense. And then they got Jaheim Bell um, from South Carolina, who also did really well for um, Spencer Rattler in the squad last year. Like that offense is big time. I it, they are so talented. I just think that it's I just see t- ten wins. Pretty. I, I'm just picking LSU to win and Clemson to win. So I just can't bet on an over if it's right at ten. If I think they're going to hit ten just going down the the, uh, the way of their schedule. It's just not in my cards. I I really like the juice on this one though. The plus one fifteen makes it pretty fun. I think it I, I think under is probably more likely just in terms of you know I could see him tripping up somewhere along the way, but also they could steal one. They could steal one in Clemson. They could steal one, you know, to start that year uh against LSU like they did last season and this time it's in Orlando. So I don't know. I, I, I like the over. I, I, I if, if, if this was even money or minus money, I'd hate it. Wouldn't touch it. But the, the little juice on it makes me, makes the, me the plus 15, the pennies yeah. is what gets Bobby out of bed. It's the crumbs. It's the crumbs, Jameson. Just, just a little bit of an edge, you know, that that's all I need. 
Yep, see, I'm like kind of like the slight opposite for you, Bobby. It's like you can find some nine and a half out there. You have to pay some juice. It's like it's gonna be like more 140, 150. But like I just feel like at nine and a half, it's a lock for the over. Like I think oh, yeah. they split. I think they split either Clemson or LSU and then like maybe throw in a random loss. But I just feel like this I, I really like this team. I just feel like if you're getting me nine and a half wins for a team that I think is playoff caliber, I'm taking that all day long. So I would dip down just like pay pay that hefty price up front in something that I see as a lock. So yeah. I I I will say now I'm really thinking about it. I'm a little sketched out because I just oh. I just I took flip-flop. no. Here's my thing. I'm not flip flopping. I took a deeper look and I realized they play Florida or sorry, uh, Wake Forest and Pitt back to back weeks on the road. I think both games are on Friday, and that just seems like they'll find a way to. That, that, there no, goes Bobby sketchy. talking about. Oh, there goes Bobby Wake, Wake Forest. Forest. <laughs> dude, dude, Wake Forest is gonna be a desert of talent. They're gonna be horrible. Sure. <laughs> They're gonna be horrible, but they'll find a way to win a dumb game on that one. We'll what about Jordan Travis at plus eighteen hundred for Heisman? I don't. I, hate I it. think he's gonna be there. Like I think he's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Like Maybe. listen to this. So Caleb Williams obviously plus five hundred for Heisman. Um, because I I don't think they just if it's close, I guarantee you they'd probably give it to somebody else because they typically don't want to p- pick repeat Heisman's. But after that, number two is Quinn Ewers at Ooh. plus eleven hundred, and then Jane Daniels at plus eleven hundred behind that, and Michael Penix Jr. at plus twelve hundred. Um, Yikes. but then Kate Klubnick at plus sixteen hundred, and so I guess he would be tied for sixth best odds that I'm seeing right now in terms of Heisman. That's very. That's. Very... But I mean, out of like guys like the same odds as him, you tell me who has a better chance of winning Heisman this year: JJ McCarthy of Michigan or Jordan Travis of Florida Jordan State? Travis. No, Jordan no, Travis. Let's, no, listen to this one. Let's keep going down this list because it gets funny. Bo Nix of Oregon. Plus 1,800, same odds (laughs) as Jordan Travis. Uh, Sam Hartman is also the same in a completely brand new system. Stop. Stop. Yeah, I know. Kyle McCord and Carson Beck, you know, of Ohio State and Georgia as well. And then finally, to to end off all the the plus 1,800, Drake May, a guy who has pretty much no talent left around him to to throw the ball with. Like, losing Josh Downs is such a big deal for Drake May, like, going into talking about that North Carolina football team. Like, Drake May is special. He has, you know, like, a lot of skill. But the thing is, these past couple years, he's had a really good wide receiver targets. Like, guys that have gotten drafted and gone to the league both years. You know, they're going to say, like, oh, they brought in transfers, and, like, they're going to be just okay. But Josh Downs is an absolute beast, a possession wide receiver that really – like bailed him out in a lot of times. And, you know, he struggled. He struggled at the end of the season last year. Uh, that that offensive line was not doing him any kind of, you know, duty as a, as a offensive line protecting a quarterback. So in terms of North Carolina, they're over under, I think, what is it, eight? I saw. I'm pretty sure I saw the number eight. And I wanted to pick under, but it looks like a lot of people are hopping on. Like this North Carolina team is going to struggle because everyone's going to think, oh, Drake May, Drake May, and I'm going to pick Drake May. But, in actuality that's about all they got yeah i i'm always weird like wary of teams that are like just the quarterback guy you know like that it, it just to me you know he has the hype but like you said north carolina doesn't have the substance this year and it's a mac brown coach team they're just destined to have a bit of a letdown so i'm i'm, I'm pretty out on unc this year 
I join. I'm joining y'all's club. I think UNC is just so. Oh, it's like it's frustrating because like Drake May is going to be a top two pick in the NFL draft. He's a great quarterback, but they don't have a good line. Like Jameson said, they lost a, w- a lot of wide receivers. They lost Phil Longo, who went to Wisconsin, who has been doing honestly wonders for UNC. I think kind of punching over their like potential when you look at the defense inside of the ball, and that's kind of where the buck stops for me with North Carolina is like. Drake May was fantastic last year, but they played in so many close games because their defense can't stop a nosebleed. And then they go out and lose, I think, their top three or four corners off that team and had to replace them. It's like, this defense is garbage. Like, they suck. They're so bad that even if Drake May is able to elevate them to a decent level as, like, a team, this defense can't stop anybody. And it's going to be really frustrating. And that's why you see games like the Appalachian State game. And then you just like run, you run through their schedule, the Duke game, even those wins, they're close wins. They're not blowing teams out because their defense can't put anybody away. So I'm just so out of North Carolina. They're like one of the teams I'm willing to go under on. Like I think Drake May will put up fantastic stats. I think they're still going to run a similar air raid concept. So he's going to be chucking in a lot, but it's just like fast pace with a bad defense. That's like a recipe to like never get consistent wins. Yeah, I I like that under plus uh one ten. Uh that, that feels good. That feels good. I, I, I just that that non con sets them up bad. I think they have a good home away balance. You know, they don't have to play Florida State. Um, but overall I just don't I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. They just yeah, they their schedule's just so tricky. It's like you look at the first three non con games, it's South Carolina, which I'm not high on, but still a decent team, like for ACC standards. Appalachian State, we know they're live and tricky, what they did last year to UNC and what they did to AM later on in the year. And then Minnesota, who's always a well disciplined team. Like I don't think they have a high ceiling per se, but PJ Fleck gets the floor through his culture, and so that's like they have a high floor there. So yeah, I think that it's just like it's a tricky start, and I don't think their ACC games are that much better. Does Does PJ Fleck have enough uh, enough coins in his Fleck bank to, <laughs> to to continue to coach on that team? Though, let's be honest. What's the uh, exchange rate from Fleck coin to Stanley Nichols? That's my, uh, <laughs> that's the real question right now. Fleck coin is just dipping, man. <laughs> Like, someone like, someone needs to make an actual like if, if this flat coin came out like two years ago yes someone oh would my God. make a flat coin oh nft God. it would skyrocket to the flat coin to the sky. moon it would be flat coin to the moon elon musk would be tweeting about it <laughs> flat <laughs> coins go, go up in value whenever you get it whenever you fail a drug test it is it is just so wild that we were at a point two years ago where we were so bored where everybody was just pumping like absolutely nothing they're just like i am buying this and pumping it like i have nothing better to do besides like try to like this asset that does not exist this coin i just created and we're gonna make it move one cent to get rich off of it <laughs> i have no problem with that in the slightest we should have we should have got in on our uh, old the the schooner coin you know or uh <laughs> captain captain's coins you know captain's so coins Bowden <laughs> Blake's currency that we could have that's how we could have determined uh, that could have been our like if we were really confident on a pick we could be like I'm gonna put three captain coins on UNC in the over there you go <laughs> yeah. and you have a Let, little let's... bank that's a whole other conversation do we want to talk about uh, 
I will. I will say. Wait. Wait. Got brought up, brought up earlier. This is more just a quick question. I love this, it. I love this question that you put this out there, Bobby. So go for it. Which team's going to be more hurt by losing their starting quarterback? For, uh, Wake Forest or NC State? <laughs> I, I love like it. This one. Okay. This yeah, one like, was a hard. This. this one actually, like, of all the questions you've presented so far, which is only like six, this one definitely made me think the most because. In my mind, it's like, which team do I think is going to be better? I think NC State's going to be better. I think they always have a really good defense, well-coached. Their offense was really, really bad last year, so I'm like, it can only go up. Brennan Armstrong, how you feel about him at NC State? I don't. Uh, the 2021 uh, the 2021 ACC quarterback bubble was insane. We bought into all these guys. Think they were going to be good coming into 2022. And, like, Tyler Van Dyke wasn't starting by the end of the year. Uh, and he was, like, supposed to be, like, top five NFL draft pick after 2021. Yeah, he was your favorite. You were big. Yeah, I loved guy. him. I loved him. So this is this was, this was is the example of, like, one of those, like, fake uh, cryptocurrency things that we we're talking about. It was, like, ACC quarterbacks last year i i think it's still even saying that i still think it's going to be nc state i think really? they brought in a great offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach that has dealt with a lot like i think he got garrett schrader to a different level at syracuse he had coached uh at virginia before but i just think wake forest is such a system oriented like offense their air raid stuff is similar to unc but unc is just like the more talented version of it it's like no defense but guys are always going to be open and that's why i worry about sam hartman going to notre dame like they're really good at wake forest scheming guys open i'm gonna go with i had to even write his name down because i couldn't even remember it what is it uh mitch griffiths uh i've I think it's just an easier it's an easier transition for him. We saw him play last year in a few games when Sam Hartman was out and he had like over 200 yards, multiple touchdowns. I just feel like that system is built for quarterbacks whereas NC State, I'm not as confident even though I think Brendan Armstrong's the better quarterback, but I think yeah, I'm just going to go Wake Forest just because I feel like you can plug and play any quarterback in that system and they're going to do great. So Mitch Griffiths actually had like one legitimate game last year and it was versus VMI. He went 21, 29, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. Um, but he did play against VMI. Louisville. <laughs> yes. He did oh, play did. against Louisville. He had um, nine throws that game and he had a touchdown and interception. So overall, you know, like not bad to tell you the truth. Uh, but I mean, You've got to th- you've got to think that it's got to be Hartman though. Like, here's the deal. Do you? I think um, even though I don't like Brendan Armstrong, do not like the guy. I watched too much of Virginia um, football last year just because, like, I felt like they were always on on like Friday or Thursday nights, and I was like, oh, I need a fix. I need a fix. You know, I was getting too close. Like, you know, there's people who like, you know, obviously great people, and you included um, Blake, who loves some action on some Tuesdays and everything. But like Tuesday, I'm still like, I'm like, okay, I have my football for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'm looking for something else um, for just for a couple days to recuperate. Um, Even though I love my football, I just like Tuesday. I just feel like I just watching mediocre football is after watching some great football on Sunday and Monday just doesn't get me as excited. But on Friday night, I'm ready to get whatever I can. And I feel like I saw a lot of Brandon Armstrong on Friday. And man, is he just, ugh. he obviously Virginia is just miserable, but Brandon Armstrong just looked like he didn't 
Like he was running around out there, throwing horrible balls, interceptions left and right. He was miserable to watch. I think Sam Hartman was a really good quarterback. And if you're comparing him to, to Ryan Finley in terms of talent, I think that's you, you've got to say Wake Forest is obviously going to be missing, you know, their quarterback more so than NC State, especially whenever they have a better wide receiver room than NC State, too. I just think and Wake Forest also has the Tennessee argument for me. It's like, I think Joe Milton's going to do good just because the system in place creates a high floor that your replacement level right under whoever you have is going to perform significantly better. And like, that's my thing. It's like, I think Brent, I would rather have Brennan Armstrong 100% if you're taking the two guys. I just think that Wake system is a machine. Well, and not only that, but there's another element with Wake too. Why I, I think Wake is worse off because I, I, I know it's silly. I still have a couple. I'm still holding on a couple Brennan Armstrong coin because I think I think in his moments where he looks great, he looks great. Maybe a different system away from that abysmal uh, UVA situation will help him out. But also, NC State doesn't have to play Devin Leary, but Wake Forest has to go to Notre Dame and face Hartman. That is that kind of hits him a little bit, I think. Um, so that's kind of my thought process on it is in addition to a lot of the things y'all said, the schedule of you have to go, go and play this guy. I think that that adds to it a little bit. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's go ahead and uh, move on to our overpicks. I'll just kind of like put mine out there. Cause we already kind of talked about it. My favorite overpick was Clemson. We already kind of talked about that, but I'll shoot it to one of y'all. Y'all hop in for your favorite overs for this ACC conference. Blake, what do you think? I'll go my my big over this year. I'm with birds with teeth, Louisville. I oh, but they're the, so dependent on Malik Cunningham. How are they going to no, rebound, Jeff? I Jeff think Braum. so. Jeff Brom is so well suited for the ACC. Like he got the most out of that Purdue team in like the Big Ten, which I don't think like most Big Ten teams. I think are just meh. But like Purdue doesn't recruit well at any level, and he still figured out a system there that got them to the Big Ten Championship last year. I know it's in a weak, <laughs> weak division, weak teams, but, like, he's still a great coach. And I know uh, the quarterback situation's dicey. Jake Plummer yeah, and, old, and, old, and old Cal guy. Jack, Jack Plummer, via, the little or, I think yeah. he's the son of Jake Plummer, right? Oh, that's who that out. Plummer. It's, yeah, so he's a original Brom guy. I just think there's it's between Brom, I feel like, getting the best out of teams, and then their schedule is a cakewalk. Like, their schedule is so easy. Like, looking at it right now, their losses that I'm having them at, so I have NC State at NC State, at Pitt, and then Notre Dame. And so basically most of their hard games are on the road. And then looking at what they have, like, as their wins, I think their hardest team is Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky's very good this year. I don't think. And then the rest of it, Georgia Tech, Murray State, Indiana, horrible Big Ten school. Boston College, horrible. Duke, eh. Virginia Tech, atrocious. And Virginia, the maybe the worst Power Five team in America. <laughs> they play absolute trash. Like, you have so many built-in wins here that if they can flip one or two of those coin flip games, you're golden. Like, they just play the garbage teams of the ACC, plus their non-conference. It's not that hard. So I, I'm all in on the Jeff Brom train. I feel like this schedule, like, they'll be one of those 9-3 and three teams, maybe, by the end of the year, that you're just like, wow. this team really isn't that good, but it's just like the schedule they played was so bad. 
Like that's the thing. I think it's going to be one of those. They're not a nine and three. They're not a nine and three team, but their schedule's just atrocious. It's so bad. Yeah, it's so it's bad. It's just weird to say that out loud. Louisville nine and three, and that's the only way they hit that over if they hit nine wins. That's just crazy to say out loud. Yeah, it's but just my like, thing is, go ahead, Blake. go ahead, Bobby, go in, go in. I I loved. I love it. That was that was what I had kind of thinking about is the losing Scott Satterfield and replacing him with Brom is like one of the, it's genuinely one of the best upgrades possible. They got rid of a guy they really didn't like and replaced him with a, you, a like, like Blake said, Brom, a guy who worked miracles at Purdue is a Louisville guy. It's a perfect fit. And eight, I know it seems high. I kind of love it. Um, but I'm Y'all not going to, yeah, I'm not going to steal Blake's cause I, I'm looking here and I'm going to get weird with it. I'm going to go Syracuse over six and a half at plus okay. 125. I'm listening. I think there's a little bit of juice here. I think there's a little bit of juice. Their schedule oh is the schedule's not bad. <laughs> the schedule's not bad. So they open with Colgate. They go, they have Colgate, Western Michigan at Purdue. It's a little dicey. Okay. Uh, that's an L. Okay. Army at home. It's probably a It'll win. be close. That'd be a close game. Right. I'm pretty sure that game last year was an absolute epic game. Do, y- do y'all remember that? The Syracuse Army game? Wasn't that like a crazy ending? Oh, it totally was. Yeah. I think that was like a kind of a shootout. I can't remember though. Let me. I'm looking it up. What, was that Army? Or I'm, I'm, what, I'm getting in the yeah. lab right now. Okay. Get in the lab. They play Clemson. They, somehow they, are, they they got forced to play at Clemson again, which is a I little. I don't think Syracuse played Army BS. last year, Jameson. Oh, they didn't? Army okay, played somebody. Army played somebody in a crazy Another, game another orange year. team. Um, it might have been – who, who is Syracuse? Syracuse has like an evil twin that they played. I, I know who you're talking about because I, I, I'm visualizing this game in 2022. But anyways, um, play Army. They, they lose to Clemson. They probably lose at UNC. Probably definitely use, lose at Florida State. But then you have at Vautech, a team that's not very good. Boston College uh, at home. You play Pitt in the Bronx uh, in New York City. Uh, at Scrappy Dogs at Georgia Tech. And then uh, Wake Forest. So, like, that back half is pretty light. The middle is a little – the middle's dicey. But I feel like there's seven wins in there. Like, they're, they got they got the seven last year. I think they could scrap the seven this year. Yeah, I can't, I can't find what I was I just, of. Dino Babers is just – he benefited so much from the fact that he's just competitive in big games. Like, not even winning them. It's like he gives Clemson a thorn in their side, and people think Dino Babers is a good coach. I am out. I, I'm never trusting the Syracuse team again. I get bamboozled every single time, uh, every single year. They come in. They do a little well. They do, like, they start winning some games, blow some teams out, and then I'm like, oh, they're like a minus 12 line versus this team. They're going to crush them. They've been rolling them, and then they lose outright. I just – I'm not touching Syracuse. I'm sorry, Bobby, but no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he's, I, he's I, a big Schrader guy. That was my backup. My yeah, big- I, I, I'm i I'm staying away from Syracuse as well. I think UTSA, um, I guess an orange team that I remember with the uh, the Army game going to overtime, and Army like had to throw like a 40-yard pass to tie it up in the fourth quarter. Maybe what I'm thinking of. Um, maybe Syracuse had a crazy game. Who knows? Whatever. Just correcting many of the other wrong things I've said this podcast, like Jake and Jack Plummer are not related. But but carry carry on with that. Fair enough. What unders do we like? Do we like? Do you like any other overs, Blake? Actually, now that I think about it, 
No, I think that covers it. I okay. think, like, honestly, yeah, that covers it. No, no, I need to go first. I need to go first on unders Jameson. because I feel everyone everyone wants to do this, and I need to slam my home state in Virginia. They're three and a half on the Dang over under. Oh. <laughs> under, under three and, three and a half. <laughs> Give me under Ooh. three and a half on Virginia, and I know. You know, a low win total under is just a miserable watch the whole season. But let's take a journey on their schedule. They start at Tennessee at the beginning of the season. Woof. That's not a good look. And then they play James Madison at home. Probably an L there too, right? Like, don't you don't you think JMU is going to – It's going to be a live game. Yeah. Like, JMU is <laughs> live. It's like yes. they're going to be one of the better Sunbelt teams. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a good one. And then they play at Maryland. Um, so their non-con is looking, you know, and they also, uh, yeah, at Maryland. It's just, that's that could be 0-3 start. And then you go into conference play, you know. They, they'll they get um, William and Mary, I think, is this. Yeah, William and Mary, they should get that one. But other than that, what do you think? Like Boston College and Georgia Tech are the only other ones I feel like that they could get. It's, and I, I, don't know, I think that, and that's saying something. They're, they're going they're to the better. road in Boston College, yeah. you know. I think three and a half slam that under and have a fun time watching how bad Virginia is this year. Like maybe they beat Virginia Tech because I'm pretty, I'm still pretty out on Tech, but like, oh, I yeah, under three and a half feels good there. <sighs> James, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to take was... it, take a W there. <laughs> was that Blake's? Now, yeah oh yeah it was an easy slam i think virginia is going to be the worst power five team this year like they're in the running with i think like stanford west virginia i guess just because they're not the best in their conference but Uh, i think west virginia Virginia, Virginia will toy around and make some moves and they will be the worst and it's like one of those things it's like record wise i think west virginia will probably be better than the record they're just not better than any of like the teams they play uh i guess we'll do it we'll do it miami I'm going to go Miami. Oh, We're there gonna... he goes. 1982 in the chat. Going to be upset. He's been talking about Miami this whole episode. Seven and a half. Uh, I just, they, the, the five losses are so clear to me. I just feel like the Tyler Van Dyke, I know he's coming back. I know they got d- double, what's in it? Double coordinator switches this year. Like they've gone through now. This is their second set of coordinators in two years. I know they're accumulating talent, but it's like, it's the A&M conundrum. Do you have the coaching staff that can actually bring it together? And I don't think they're as good as A&M. And so I have a loss against A&M. I think A&M is the better version of them. Um, even if it is on the road, I don't think Miami's home field advantage. Any, like last time they, at the end of the last season, they have shuttles to take students from campus to the stadium. And they were running no shuttles because no students were signing up to go to said games at Miami. So I feel like Miami's home field advantage is at an all-time low. Don't even count it. At North Carolina, I think it's a loss. Clemson, I think, is a loss. At Florida State, I think it's a loss. And then Louisville, I think Louisville's significantly better than them. And, like, that gets me to five there. And then when you look at, like, they have some easy games. Like, they have Miami of Ohio. They played the other Miami in the Miami Bowl. Uh, Bethune, Cookman, and Temple as their non-conference schedule. Quite possibly the weakest conference schedule you can create uh, besides A&M. And then... Yeah, like they're gonna probably roll Georgia Tech. They're gonna roll Virginia. They're gonna roll Boston College. But then like NC State's kind of a toss up. There's just enough assurance to me. I just feel like this 
this Miami experiment, people just want to cling to the past, and it's gone. It's like, in this NIL era, they really only have one donor that's really, like, boosting them up, but not, like, they hired a recruiting coach, not a developmental coach. Really, what you want is the NIL bag throwing money at the developmental coach that can, like, bring some guys in that they know is going to do well. I just feel like Miami, the, the days are done. Like, they might, like, yeah, the days are done. They're just, like, past brand with a lot of money, but I just don't see the results on field. And you can't forget about the Howard Schnellenberger trophy game between uh, That is cool. Miami I, I think that is cool. That is cool. The boots are a cool trophy. The boots are a cool trophy. I'll give them that. Like, I just, that's... like, it's so sad that, like, we can't create new trophies, it seems like, just because, like, rivalries have been happening so long, but I love a new trophy. Like, it's the, the time, like, College football will be going on for another hundred years. Like, might as well make one now. So I do love the boots. The boots are cool. <laughs> it's better than whatever the Cyhawk trophy is, the civil conflict. Like, every time they make a new trophy, it sucks. So just doing boots, that works. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, the state college one between Penn State and Michigan State, those are always bad. So it, it's I'm with you. It's nice to have a, a fresh, nice new trophy. Um you know, I love this under that we, we have here. Boston College under five and a half plus 100. Uh, it, this schedule is 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 pretty bad. Uh, so you start with Northern Illinois. That's probably a win. Holy Cross, probably a win. And then you have Florida State, Louisville, or at Louisville, two losses. Virginia, probably get a win there, but you have to go to Army at 11 a.m. At Georgia Tech, little that you could win there, could win there. Uh, UConn at home. Yeah, what do you probably, think there? Probably a win. Probably a win. Uh, I think they lose at Syracuse. Probably beat Vatech and then lose out to Pitt and Miami. So I just so told the math ended up being there. Did, were you, who was counting? No, that it added up. I was I was looking at their schedule. It adds up. They don't have Phil Dracovic anymore. That was like kind of like their bailout last year, and even then they did really poor. They have no depth. If they, like, last year on the offensive line, when they got so depleted that they were converting their defensive linemen to offensive linemen just because nobody left on the roster to fill the spot. It's, yeah, Boston College is in a bad spot. They're in a bad, bad, bad spot. Yeah, I'm, like, trying to find five. It's not. It's just not good. It's not good. Mm-hmm. It's one of those where it looks like it could be, but I don't see it. I don't see it. Oh, and I forgot to forgot to mention on the overs, sorry, coming in. I feel like me and Bobby would agree with this. Like, I saw some uh, seven, seven and a halfs for Pitt. I feel like you got to go over. I feel like this could be easily still one of the best teams in the ACC. Good physical defense. They got Phil Dracovic behind, like, a competent offensive line. Some weapons. Their schedule's not horrible. I just, I, I like Pitt. I like Pitt a lot. Yeah, their non-conference of having Cincy and West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Both of those teams, I don't think, will be very good. Yeah, um, they, they lose a lot of stars, though. Is the big thing like Elijah Campy yeah. was like an absolute beast for them. And then, um, the, how much did um, Abanaconda uh, or ever pronounce that last name? Israel. Uh, how much did he get to play last year? Because I know there are some injury things, but he played like a decent amount last year, right? think so yeah I, I think he did um but uh you know like those are two very very talented players that have been good for them for a couple years now that it's really held up that you know both sides of the ball and pit 
I just feel like the, the physicality on defense, like that's what Narduzzi's really good at. That they're just like in a in a conference where we like struggle to find really any like any things that excite us about the teams, like consistency year to year, a good quarterback, plus like I think just not the hardest schedule. Like you got to go at Notre Dame, and that's a loss. Then Florida State probably a loss, but like. The rest is basically up for grabs, like Syracuse, Duke. Duke's going to be solid, but, like, winnable game. Boston College, Wake Forest, Louisville, Virginia Tech, North Carolina. Like, all those are up up in the air. And, like, if you're giving me seven, seven and a half for this team, like, they are they could sweep on conference easy. So, I'm, I'm yeah. in over. Okay, like he, play, he played 11 games. He only's hurt for one of them. So, that's my B. Yeah, I I don't watch that much pit ball. To if I see somebody go down, I just assume they're gone for the season, and that's it. So <laughs> yeah, pit pit ball, you know, after Pickett left, not fun. They they immediately reverted to being like kind of brutal. Like talk talk about yeah. another quarterback that I bought in so much hype in. I was like Keaton Slovis going <laughs> to Pitt is gonna be awesome, and then now he's on his third stop. He's now with the Big Twelve, so we'll get to see him here. <laughs> who, who had a sadder journey, Keaton Slovis or? Uh, it's an easy answer because yep, it's definitely yep, JT Daniels. Yeah, JT Daniels. Ask me, Daniels. Come on, Daniels. JT Daniels ending up at Rice. Ugh. Rice, like that's <laughs> the ultimate. Like you couldn't even get cracks at like West Virginia. Like that's, that's bad. That's bad, man. And, and it's just his headshot. What that we have to see every single time he changes <laughs> to a new team, and his headshots are just not the most. Yeah, they don't look that good. He's not the best looking guy in terms of headshots with his little pudgy face and his mustache. It's never a good look. It gets progressively sadder for sure. But uh, all yeah. right, let's go around. Go ahead, Blake. Sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. You go. Ahead. All right, let's go around here. ACC champ, close this pot out. Blake, who do you got? I got F- F- FSU. Give me, yep, yeah, FSU. Jameson? I think uh, Florida State wins in the championship game and avenges their loss to Clemson in the regular season. I think FSU has the edge on this one as well. I think it's going to be a really genuinely a coin flip between them and Clemson. Uh, Very excited and interested to see how Garrett Riley does with the Clemson weapons. But I think just in terms of consistency, Florida State has it. They have the momentum. They get the win in the championship. But I think it's going to be a really exciting uh, season in terms of just seeing how those two two do um, to figure it out. But all right, guys, uh, any final words on the ACC? Are we uh, we good here? Let's get out of here. Wrap this conference up. (laughs) The one the conference that refuses to die. Um, it really is. I'm. I was sick of them like calling basketball. the big Big Twelve just like bottom of the barrel. When like I'm like this sneakily exists. It's like they usually only have one or two top powers, but it's like most of the Big Twelve teams that they could beat most of the ACC teams on any given year. So it's just it's just basketball money, you know, yeah. keeping them afloat. That's really what the moral of the story is. But obviously, we can talk about Pac-12, and I don't want to get us in that conversation. But Pac-12 no. just doesn't have like a basketball lean like ACC does. <sighs> Do we have? No. We have another hour. No, save it, save it for the. We can do. We can do Pac-12 next week. The Pac-12, okay, yeah, Pac-12 podcast ne- next week will just be just honestly a slander pod. We'll just dance <laughs> on their grave. It's gonna be great. By then, we'll have more information. We might have another team leave. It's it's gonna get ugly. So I think uh, it's gonna so, jump quick. It's gonna be quick. Like I think. <laughs> I like. I panic. like how. 
I like how Colorado leaving is like the somehow the keystone that's gonna make the Pac-12 fall. <laughs> like they I understand just, the, it's when one person the jumps, they're so like they might have something. They might be onto something, and then <laughs> Colorado. Colorado, Colorado I, leaving I, killed the Big Twelve. Colorado leaving killed the Pac-12. Well, Every time right, the Buffs well, leave, it's like all right, there it is. It's time to go. Pack it up. I guess you see that. You, I guess you see the media share, and you're like. I can jump to something that's guaranteed, or I could be on Tubi, Ion, CW, and ESPN Plus for one game a week. Uh, like, and, and then Apple TV will get like a Thursday night game for us. Like, I think you just uh, eventually. I, I I hope you just you feel the pressure that it's like just right. the bird in the hand right. is worth more than two in the bush. So right. if you want to watch ACC, turn on the CW, and you'll be watching football there. You can watch some of that nice DC DC Comics television after that. Some Green Arrow right right in between. I don't even think I get the CW. Like, as in, like, on YouTube TV. I know if I put up the bunny ears or whatever, you can dial in to CW. But I don't think I get the CW. They need to bring back the WB, you know, with the frog. The frog man. Michigan J. Frog. Bring back the I've got WB. the best the best ten shows of CW of all time. Uh, We're looking Smallville. here, yeah, Smallville, Smallville. Um, Supernatural. I remember seeing that all the time advertised. Was uh, Gilmore Girls on nine hundred two one zero or CW? Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Vampire Diaries, Vampire oh. Diaries. Oh, okay. All right, let's wrap this up before we get too deep into the CW <laughs> CW lore. Thank y'all so much for watching our ACC preview. We have more of these coming down the pipe. Got Pac-12 coming. And uh, look, we're going to wrap this thing up with the Big 12 at the very end. So stay tuned for that. Always a fun show. Always a good time. So if you like the show, make sure to hit the, that subscribe button. Give the pot, give the show a like. Give the video a like. Always love to see that. So uh, yeah, until next time, this has been the Weekend Spread. Have a good one and good luck out there.